0: Bonke never had an accusation against him Uh, we hear a lot about Billy Graham and Billy Graham has done a great work but Billy Graham not to not to underestimate what he has done this is a man that's not talked about very much Reinhard Bonnke but he has he has had crusades that we cannot even fathom in our minds he had the largest crusade in the history of the world ever documented in Nigeria in 2000 1.6 million people were at a crusade what, can you even fathom that? I mean, does it excite you to see those? They tried their best to, you know, to scan the cameras the best they could to show that, that thing. And I, I've always, you know, God hasn't given me that opportunity in that capacity. But I used to dream when I was younger to preach to a crowd like that where you just could not see the end of the, of the people. It was just a sea of people. And several years ago, God gave him a vision, and he said, You're going, we're going to see the Africa covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that has been his thing for 30 years, or 40 years, I should say. And you saw the numbers, 73 million souls. So I can't wait to re- meet Ride Harmbanke in heaven. Why did I say all that? Because I didn't have time tonight to show it, but I want to tell you what he said in a five-minute video, and maybe I'll show it Sunday night. But I was watching a video about him, and and someone sat down with him at his 77 years of age and said, What, why, why, how? How have you seen this? How have you seen this, this kind of results? How have you seen this many lives changed, this many people uh, saved, this many people healed? And he said quickly in those five minutes, he said, the key is the power of the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I have been that, he said, for 40 years. And that is what has made that difference. And so uh, there is a difference between just getting saved and accepting Christ. And I'm going to give you a quick example of what it is. How many have ever, this is, this is going to be tonight as well part of our fundamental truth. This is a fundamental truth of the Bible that we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing more attacked, there's nothing more uh, uh, against in the whole church today than this topic right here. And it's some obvious why it's attacked and why many don't preach it and why it's not uh, uh, popular because the devil hates it. He hates a, a, a person or a church or a group that is baptized and full of the Holy Spirit and, and does miracles and signs and wonders. Okay? So uh, as, we, as we begin to get into this, we have to understand that there's a principle. And how many have ever driven a car? Let me see your hands. Have you driven a car? How many have ever driven a car without power steering? Keep your hand up if you've ever driven a car. Thank God we got enough people in here old enough, or maybe uh, uh, financially challenged enough to not have a car that had power steering, or maybe it broke or whatever. But if you have driven a car with no power steering, it's not fun. It will get you from point A to point B, but it is some serious work, especially when you have to park and you're trying to turn that thing. And 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 so if you either where your power steering pump went out or you never had power steering now. uh, And I'm I'm giving this example because uh, this Reinhard Bonnke gave the example of his wife. They had a Volkswagen Bug with no power steering in Africa in the beginning of their ministry. And his wife would go park and she would just be in pain from trying to turn and get into these places. And then all of a sudden, uh, they got a car with power steering. And she was just amazed that she could turn that thing on it with a finger. And she just she was so excited that she could she could have power steering. To me, the bat, just in a simple way, it's way more profound than that. But to me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like having power steering in your spiritual walk with God. Amen. It makes everything so much easier, and we need it. I want to show you some scriptures tonight. John 14, Uh, many of you have heard me teach this before, but I'm going to teach it again, and we cannot teach it enough, really. Uh, I want to remind you that if we go to the source... And let me give this out real quick to make it simple so you know what you're expecting, what you're looking for, what you're wanting tonight. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, someone might say, hey, have you been baptized in water? And by the way, the 19th in a week and a half, the same day as our Thanksgiving dinner, we're going to have baptism. We have a lot of, of new people getting baptized in water. Water is a symbol of our repentance. It's our old man going down under water and the new man coming up, symbolic. Water doesn't mean anything. It's not holy. We didn't go to, to Jerusalem to get it. It's just a symbol, amen, of what it means to go down. So some would say, have you been baptized? One thing is being baptized in water, in obedience, and that's another fundamental truth uh, that's in another, for another night. Another one is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, And so I want to talk about that tonight and, and how you know, I believe scripturally, if you're here and you go, well, I wonder, have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because it would be pretty easy to know if you've been baptized in water or not, unless you were a child and a baby and you don't remember it. But if as an adult you were baptized in water, you remember when it, when it happened. And so you might say, am I baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight? Aren't we all baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight? I want to make it simple. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, something happens. Something takes place in you, and one of the things that I believe is a key evidence of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that you speak in other tongues, that you get a prayer language. Amen. I'm going to show you that in the scriptures tonight, but I want you to begin to desire this if you don't have it. And I want you to desire it not just personally, but I want you to desire, I know that that's shooting for the stars but that God could use your life like that. Amen. Should, you know, that's like, you know, I coach basketball and I played sports. And they would, if you ever played sports, they gave you those, those motivational speeches before you went out to play. And even if you were a horrible team, when you watched a video like that, man, you got out there and you just thought you were going to crush them, man. You just thought you were going to win the game. Sometimes the reality was a different story. But the coach did a good job to motivate them and pump them up. That video should pump you up spiritually amen to just want to do something for God amen but we don't do it in our own power here's why I said that I think it's so amazing that this man so greatly used said I could not have done any of this in my own power and so today if we're not careful we can try and be trying to win people to the Lord and be used by God in our own power how many know it's easy to do that so we go to the source tonight, and we look at what did Jesus say in his scriptures about this subject. In John 14, which is an awesome chapter, we're going to pick up in verse 16, and he says, I will pray, and this kind of, again, ties into all the stuff we've been doing the last few weeks about the deity of Christ and the, uh, the um, uh, Trinity and the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you, watch this, another helper. So it's obvious in the, in the verbiage here that if he says, I will give you another helper, it's something they don't have at this moment. You can't give something to somebody they already have. So he says, I will give you another helper that he may be, uh, that he may abide with you forever. Now watch this, verse 17, the Spirit of truth. So who he's talking about, that other helper, is the Holy Spirit, is the Spirit of truth. He said, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And we read this a couple weeks ago. Watch this. But you know him, for he dwells with you. This is very important verbiage. He dwells with you and will be in you. How many see the verbiage there? It's very important to understand that. Uh, There are people who believe that when we are saved, automatically we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand that the Spirit of God does come in our lives when we're saved. It's obvious. The Bible says we cannot be saved unless the Holy Spirit draws us. But I'm going to show you in the scriptures that beyond salvation, now I am blood-washed. The only requirement to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to believe in Jesus Christ and to be covered in the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's the only requirement that you have tonight. There will be people who will try to add all kinds of things onto this. But there's no requirement tonight. But you believe and that you're blood-washed tonight. Okay. And so he says, for he dwells with you. And will, future tense, dwell what? In you. Okay, it's very important to understand that. Now I want to go over quickly. I'm going to run through this to Mark 16 because I think this is really important. We want to hear what Jesus says about this matter. Paul and others touch it more in the New Testament. We're going to see in the book of Acts something here very important. And, and I want you to know that the, the reason I'm choosing this tonight is because, again, there's no greater subject I could preach tonight on a prayer revival than this. How many, how many agree with that, that we need the Holy Spirit? Jesus is already at the right hand of the Father, and, and to be overcomers, we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We need the power steering, amen. We need the full extras of what God has for us to be overcomers. So Mark 16, we see the Great Commission here, and we see something very interesting. And, and as, as you're getting there, I, wanna, I want for anybody who's a new believer or not ever heard a teaching on this to understand. Uh, there are teachings today that stay. That the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit or healings or deliverance or many things are not for us today that those things that we read in the, in the New Testament were for that time and that place and that they're not for today and that they needed that to further the gospel for somehow, some way, we don't need it today to further the gospel. They just needed it back then. That's not what the scriptures teach, but people will teach that. And they'll basically say that signs and wonders and miracles and different things like that ended with the apostles and ended with those who, who were there, the first church. And so for us today, we can't and shouldn't contend for miracles. We can't and shouldn't speak in tongues. We can't and shouldn't pray for deliverance of people. And, and so that's what they'll say and that's what they'll teach. But I want to show you what Jesus said. Can you say amen? amen. And so as he's giving the great commission, which, which stands to this day, says in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, watch what Jesus says is is the signs that will follow a believer. In verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. And it does not say there those who believe for the first century. It does not say there those who are the apostles. It says those who believe. Period. And he says, uh, in my name. How many times did you hear in that video, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We, we say When we say the name of Jesus, oh, and we mean it, there's power in that name. Amen. That's when the demons begin to flee. Amen. They do not like it. We can pray all day long in the name of a person or the name of just God. But when it says, in my name, Jesus said, they will cast out demons. And watch this. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And watch this. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That is the Great Commission, church. That is what Jesus told us in his word. That is the signs that should follow every believer. Nowhere there does it say uh, this is going to end. Why would, why, if he says that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, where would we find in Scripture that that was for them and not for us? And so I want you to see in the Scriptures, I'm not going to go there for time, but I want to quote this as we go to Acts. Go over, no, sorry, go to Luke real quick, Chapter 24. Uh, I want you to see something else that Jesus said. Um, And as you're getting there, Peter, or yes, Peter quotes, get to Luke 24, Peter quotes on this on the day of Pentecost, which we're going to read in a second, in the beginning of the church. He says something. This is so powerful because uh, it brings the Old Testament into the New Testament. Um, We're going to talk next week probably about the infallible Word of God. And how powerful the Word of God, and why we know that this book we have in our hands is the Word of God. And I was probably going to do that tonight, but I wanted to finish this prayer revival with this. How many would agree with me we need to do this at least every two or three months a prayer revival? Amen? That God will just moves supernaturally. And I pray, and I, by, by the time we do it two or three times, well, there won't be any room in here. Amen? We got, that's a prayer meeting. That prayer meeting will just be packed with people. I hope it grew you, I hope it excited you, and I hope this, this is what I really want out of the prayer, I hope that by, by coming Sunday and praying Monday and praying Tuesday and praying tonight, four days in a row just focused on prayer, that that prayer life would continue on to tomorrow, Thursday, and then Friday, and then Saturday, and you would realize that we can have a prayer life, not just a prayer revival. That's what the, the idea about this was behind, okay? So, so um, getting to Luke 24 in a second, Joel, sorry, Peter quotes. We're going to read this in a second, but I'm fast-forwarding a second to this. Joel, uh, Peter quotes Joel from the Old Testament uh, at, at a scripture where they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. God has moved on them, and they are now witnessing and preaching. And he says these words. He says, this is that. That the the, uh, prophet Joel prophesied, he said, in the last days, I will pour out my flesh, my, sorry, my spirit on all flesh, okay? So in the last days, I mean, have we ever, there's no, listen, I don't have to go back uh, a thousand years to check history records, there's no way that anybody has ever seen 1.6 million people in a crusade, there's no way, it's not possible, It's not possible. Jesus had some big crowds. Jesus had some amazing crowds. And we know some of the numbers of some of the crowds. We know that uh, one time he fed probably 25,000 people at one time. That's a lot of people without technology and without a sound system. Amen. Amen? But to see 1.6 million people in one place, those 1.6 million people were on an 80-acre property. That's four times the size of where we're at right now, this whole complex. Can you imagine 80 acres and just seeing a sea of people? Hearing the gospel, some for the very first time. So we are, no, we are seeing the Spirit of God poured out on all flesh in a way we have never seen before. And there's been revival. And listen, that was just Africa, amen? I mean, that was just Nigeria. It was all across the nation. There's been, there's been crusades in Korea. One, uh, Korea had a million-person crusade in Korea recently. There, there's a church of a million people in South Korea. A million by church gospel believing praying Christians. Amen. That's the stuff that the news is not going to talk about. But they're Bible-believing, spirit-filled believers that are being they're seeing this, this verse that, that uh Peter prophesied and, and spoke about. He said, In the last days, he said, This is this is that. Okay? So let's look at another verse in Luke 24. I apologize if I'm going fast, but I gotta get this in fast. Or we're not going get to get to it. Uh, Luke 24, 49. Give me an amen if you're there. Watch what Jesus says. These are his last words of the book of Luke. Right before he ascends into heaven, which you see later in the, in the following verses. He says, behold, I send the promise. Of my Father, and I want you to underline this in your Bible. I want you to see this in your Bible. This is the key to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The word upon. You're going to continue to see the word upon. There's a big difference between in in. And, and the difference between the word upon. Because there's something that we picture there, we see there. And, and, and as we see this picture baptism in the Holy Spirit, you see fire. You'll see why that's the, why that's the point in a moment. But how many remember when Jesus was baptized in water? He was also filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. If my Lord and Savior needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I think I need it too. He was baptized in water, and the Bible says the heavens opened, and a dove, and a dove is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, ascended from heaven on Jesus. And God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so now Jesus is saying that I'm going to send the promise, which is the Holy Spirit, of my Father upon you. And he says, but, here's the key, but, Terry, verse 49 says, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So, how many notice here that they are not filled with the Holy Spirit yet? Amen. But they are believers. This is where I want to begin to, to show a separation here of, of those who believe and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is God. I believe that Jesus Christ is Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ is Messiah. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and I put my faith in Him. That is something that happens, and you are saved and you are born again. And, and Christ comes into your life. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. But now, God is saying, Jesus is saying, now I, for you to be able to be the witnesses that I want you to be, you need something else. You need, because I'm leaving, he said. I'm, I'm going away. I've been with you, but I'm going to leave, and I'm leaving so the Holy Spirit can come. And so he, we're seeing very clearly here, it's not hard to see in these scriptures that this is something they're going to say. Terry, Terry means wait. And, and so here's a picture, kind of, and we're going to go over to Acts 1, if you would. Here's a picture, kind of, just in these last couple days in this prayer revival, you can kind of just picture a little bit how uh, they were. If we started Sunday morning, we began to talk about this, Acts chapter 1, uh, they began to uh, proclaim, okay, Jesus said we need to go uh, and, and tarry in Jerusalem. And, and the Bible says that they were in an upper room. We're going to ask chapter 1. And so they were in an upper room and, and they said, okay, on, on this day we're going to meet. And we're all going to be there. And we're going to begin to pray that we would receive uh, this, this spirit of God and the promise. I'm just using the words that, that Jesus used. And, and they're probably telling each other, um, we got to meet there because we're going to pray for um, the spirit to come upon us. Because we need this power to be able to cast out demons like Jesus did. And we need the power of God to be able to pray for the sick. And, 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 and they're telling each other, Jesus told us we need this, so we got to make sure we go and we get this. But here's the interesting thing. How many know uh, how many people Jesus appeared to? This is a very important point. Just shout it out if you know. He, he appeared to over 500 people, the Bible says. Okay? He, he was seen physically by over 500 people. Now here's a good picture of the church today, and when I say church, I mean around the world. How come every church doesn't preach the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to have a prayer language of speaking in tongues? How come? Because they did the same thing back then 2,000 years ago. Jesus spoke to over 500 people and told over 500 people, I'm going to send the promise upon you. But the New Testament tells us in Acts that only 120 people went to the upper room. Where did the other 380 people go? They didn't think they needed it. They didn't want to mess with that. They thought, well, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to believe in Jesus. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a part. Well, I don't know what their thinking was, just like I don't know what their thinking is today. Like, why would you not want everything God has for you? Why would you not want the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Why would you want to do anything in your own power? And why would you not want to listen to Jesus? Jesus says, "Go get it, I'm going to get it." Amen." He says, "Go in there, go get the coin out of the fish's mouth." They went and got the coin out of the fish's mouth. They said, "Hey, get the fish on the other side of the boat." and they went and got the fish on the other side of the boat. Then he says, "Go get the Holy Ghost and says, "I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm fine. I can do it by myself." And they dwindled out and were never mentioned again. But 120 people went to the upper room. And so we can picture that here over the last few days as people gathered at night to pray. And we just came for the purpose of praying. We didn't come for our selfish motives. We just came with a purpose to pray. And so they did that. And let me just tell you this real quick. They did that, the Bible says, for ten days. Now, they didn't leave and go home. They stayed there for 10 days. When when Jesus said, I want you to tarry, now, some people would make a doctrine out of that and say, well, we need to pray for 10 days to get it. That's what people do. They'll they'll try to make it exact like that. that. That was a result of how it happened, but he said, go and tarry. He didn't say, go tarry for 10 days. He said, go and tarry. Well, they ended up being there for 10 days. And, and then we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2 in a second what happened. But I want, I want you to look at a connection between Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. How many are with me so far? He says in verse cha- uh, chapter 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is going right off Luke 24, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said... You have heard from me. Well, who says this about the Holy? Well, just Jesus. Just Jesus, if that means anything to anybody. Amen? He says, watch this. This is very important. For John truly baptized with what? Water. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So, so he is saying there's, there's a baptism in water, and, and John baptized in that. Jesus was baptized in that water. He said, but there's coming something that is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And what says, verse 6, when they had all come together, they said, when will you restore uh, the kingdom to Israel? He says, not your time to know the times or seasons, but it's my power, Father's authority. And look at verse 8. Here's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you shall receive power when, now that's important, that's future. He didn't say you have the Holy Spirit. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has gone into you. What does it say? There's that word again. Come upon you. And so it's something that we picture coming from above onto us. And it says, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth why in the bible do we see here that we need the baptism of the holy spirit to be witnesses so so do i have to be baptized in the holy spirit to go to heaven no that's not a salvation thing but do you want to take people to heaven with you yes yes We all should want to take people to heaven with us. And and you might think, how come I haven't been the witness that I want to be? If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you don't have the full capacity of what you could do as a witness. doesn't mean you can't witness. But Jesus is saying here that you're going to be my witnesses. So we're seeing something here that this is very important. Now verse 1, when the day, sorry, chapter 2 verse 1, got to really run through this fast. I'm not going to have time to get into all this tonight. We'll save some for uh, Sunday night. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's very important. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. This was not something that came from man. This came from heaven. Tonight, church, we don't need what I can give you or somebody else can give you. We need what God can give us from heaven. Amen. We need a real touch from the Lord. We need it to be Him and not us. It says, a, suddenly a sound came from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Just like that air coming on. You can just imagine the sound. Amen. And it began to come into that place, and they probably began to smile and get excited like we are right now. They're thinking, here it comes. We've been waiting for it. We've been praying, and we hear something that is not man's voice. We hear something that is heavenly. And that wind began to blow through that place that night or that day, whatever time it was. And it says it filled the house where they were sitting, and then there appeared, watch this, to them, divided tongues as of fire. Say someone next to you, I need the fire of the Holy Spirit. I need the fire of God. Have you ever heard someone say, hey, I want to I be on fire for God. That's what it means. That means I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. And it said, this is important, and one, tongues of fire, sat upon, there's that word again, sat upon each of them. I love this because nobody was excluded. Nobody was excluded. 120 went in and 120 came out baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was for everyone. That's another thing they teach. This is just for certain people. No, it's for everyone. Everyone can have it. And there was a, it's almost like in heaven, they were counting. Okay, there's 120 people. We're sending 120 cloven uh, tongues of fire down to this place. We're sending a baptism down of fire for every single individual. So every single individual can do what God has called them to do individually for the kingdom of God. And look what it says. And then some of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? What Here's why we believe this is how we know we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because it says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the evidence... The evidence was that they began to speak in tongues. How would they know? How would they know? Jesus said, go and wait for the promise and tarry until I send the promise upon you. And involved in that wind and involved in that fire and involved in that moment was speaking in tongues. They began to speak in another language that they could not understand. And it says, as the Spirit gave utterance, at meaning as they, they, they were controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now I say this. I'm, I'm going I'm to try to choose one uh, one verse to take you tonight. Tonight before we pray, before it gets late, let's go over to uh, Acts chapter ten. And I'll, and I'll do some different ones uh, Sunday night. I've got some other ones saved, but this is so important because we we need to understand tonight. There's an enemy that is saying, "I don't I don't want that believer." Maybe I can't stop them from being a believer, but if I can just keep them from being the full believer that God wants them to be, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win something. And so this topic of the baptism of the Holy Spirit has been attacked for, for thousands of years, and it's attacked today today. And, 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 and people don't want to talk about it, or if they do want to talk about it, they, they, they say it's not for today, or, or they just put all kinds of things on us. We, if you just take the Scriptures as it is tonight, and you just look at these Scriptures as they are, you can see here as we begin to look into more of the book of Acts that that moment when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 was not just a one-time thing. Someone might say, well, that day they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But as they came out of that room... They began to speak in other tongues, and and this is an interesting point. This is really important to finish up tonight. They were speaking in tongues, meaning that they did not know what they were saying. They did not know. It was not their language. I don't know if you caught it on this video. It might have been another video I was watching. I think it might have been this one. No, it was another one. I was watching another Vida Bonkey video, and at one point, uh, the guy was translating what Reinhard Bonnke was saying. And as he was translating, he sounded like he was talking in tongues to me. I didn't understand what he was saying. He was speaking his native language and the people were repeating him. But to me, it sounded like tongues because I didn't know what he was saying. And and many of you over the years, if you see me preach on this, I used to have Pastor Dylan come up and he speaks Swahili and I'd give him the microphone and I'd say, start speaking in Swahili. And he'd start speaking in Swahili and nobody understood what he was saying. But guess what? He was speaking a language that many people understand. But we didn't understand it. And so because we don't understand it, we think it's weird. You ever heard anybody speak another language? It seems weird to you. Why? Because you don't understand it. Is it a language? Yes. Is it meaningful? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Well, when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you get a language that only God can understand and the devil can't. That's what's so awesome about it, but here's what's interesting about this: in this story here, of, of Acts two, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'm not going to get even to this chapter tonight. In in this story of when Peter comes out and begins to preach, they're all speaking in different tongues, and the people around, which is a bunch of people from different nations, because they'd all gone to Jerusalem to go to the Pass or to Feast of Pentecost. Or sorry, yeah, Feast of Pentecost. They were there for that reason. And they said, I can hear these Galatians, these people that are, that are Jew, Jew, Jews, speaking my language. So it would be like me tonight understanding Judy Swahili. That, or, or you that don't speak Spanish. If I began to speak Spanish, you would begin to understand it. You know you don't speak Spanish. And they began to hear their language being spoken by different people. And this was a marvel to them. And what God was doing at that moment was He was teaching people that He was going to profound them. And they said, this is a sign. This is a wonder. But here's an interesting thing about that. If it was just because here's another thing people try to do. They try to say that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you get a language, it is a language that people can understand. That's not biblically true that every time you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's a language in some, some language. You might you might speak a language of somebody else. But the reason I say that is because there were some tongues that were being spoken that were not known because they began to say, these men are drunk. These men are drunk. They were, they were hearing something they did not understand. And, and Peter said, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We're not drunk. At least we're not drunk on, on alcohol. They were drunk in the Holy Spirit. Amen. They were full of the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But God was doing something. He was showing them that there was something greater than them. I can tell you tonight, I can attribute tonight that anything I've ever done for the Lord has been because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And it takes all the pressure. The more I preach, the less I depend on me. The more I, I minister, the less I depend on what I can say or what I can do. And the more I depend on the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need. That's the place we need to be at. And so tonight, we're going to pray. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save some of these for another another uh, time. But I want, I, want us to, I want you to prepare your spirit. All I want you to do is, is decide, do you want everything God has for you? Now I want you to understand something, I can't give this to you. I don't have it to give, it's not me to give. I can only pray for you. I can only give you the scriptures and tell you that this is something Jesus said we need to wait upon. Now for tonight, I need you to hear this because some of you might not feel like you've heard enough yet. In Acts chapter 2, you can read it later in time around 38, they begin to say, what do I need to do to be saved? He says you need to repent. And you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he says, and then the Spirit of God will fall upon you. And he says that this this is for you, and it's for your children, and it's for all who are far off. And so I want you to understand that tonight. That's the scripture that tells us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not for that moment alone. It was for them and for their children, and for all who are afar off, all who would desire to have it. He was talking about the Denton Church of Victory World Outreach in 2017 when he said it's for all those who are far off. How much more in the days we're living in today do we need the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit? They didn't have people walking in and shooting people in church. They had people killing people. They couldn't do with it what's going on today. They didn't see the violence we're seeing today in mass numbers. They didn't see the attacks that we're going through today. They, they, this is a fact. There's been more people martyred in the last 100 years than all the 2,000 years since Jesus. That's a fact. We need the power of the Holy Spirit more than they needed it then. And we're living in the day that Joel prophesied. He said, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. On all flesh. We need the help of the Holy Spirit tonight. As you bow your heads and close your eyes and nobody's looking around, I want to ask you that that are filled with the Holy Spirit, just right there. You don't have to do it out loud, but just be praying. Praying, just praying there that the that, that, that devil would be defeated tonight and, and God would move. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, the only requirement tonight for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to believe that Jesus Christ is who He says He is. And to say, Lord, I need a Savior tonight. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. How many in this place all over from front to back and side to side tonight could say, I don't know Jesus And I want to accept Him tonight as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, just put your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to be saved tonight. That's the only requirement. I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ. I've never been saved before. I've never uh, repented of my sins. That's me. All over this place. Maybe you're here, and at one point in your life you said that prayer but you're what the Bible calls a backslider tonight. You have c- gone away from your first love. You have left your first love. You are, you are doing things that you know you're not supposed to do. You've gone back to your old ways, and you've ran from the Lord. And Jesus would say tonight, come back home, wayward child. I've never left you, and I've never forsaken you. You have forsaken me. And tonight you would say, I need to come home. Put your hand up and say, that's me. I need to come home tonight. Pray for me, Pastor. That's me. That's me. Amen. I have to believe tonight. Everyone in here is bought with the blood and blood covered. So as we stand tonight, I want I want to do one thing. Listen, I I, I can't uh, want this for you, but I am going to do something tonight. I don't want. I'm going to I'm going to ask tonight, and only. People who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, who never have been before, would just come and stand here. I'm not going to have anybody pray for anybody tonight. I'm not going to pray for anybody myself. But I'm giving the invitation tonight for anyone tonight. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Uh, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be filled with the power of God to the fullest. So I'm going to open up this altar and and just give you the opportunity to come. And if nobody comes, we're going to move on and we're going to close. I can't make you want the, the Holy Spirit. But if you're here and you've never been filled, how do I know? You'll speak in tongues. You'll speak in another tongue. It'll come on you, the Bible says, and you'll begin to speak in other tongues. It'll give you a boldness. How many in here tonight, by the raising of your hand, have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and can say it's real? Let me see your hands. It's real. It's real. Amen? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to begin to sing a song. I know the devil's fighting. He's fighting some people. Why? Because he don't want you to have it. He wants you to stay with the power steering off. He wants you to stay struggling. You're going to get from point A to point B, but it's going to be a struggle. As Kristen begins to sing tonight, the altar is only open tonight at this moment for anyone who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter made this call to those people on that day. And they came. We'll get in the book of Acts later. You'll see opportunities where others had believed but had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. As we begin to sing, we're going to give the opportunity tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise Him and worship Him just like we have in the last few nights. spirit of God to come and you begin to come to the altar no one needs to pray for you tonight I want you just to lift your hands and I want you just to begin to pray to God I want you just to begin to say Lord fill me tonight fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit tonight oh thank you Jesus thank you Jesus saints just lift your hands and just pray tonight just pray his spirit is here tonight his spirit is here tonight Spirit of the living God is in this place tonight oh come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Come, baptize us us. baptize us us.
1: he's here tonight
0: he's here tonight his presence is here tonight hallelujah let us us come let us fall more in love with you tonight
1: Jesus oh the
0: Holy Spirit's drawing some more people you know who you are Just step out. Step out and come down. There's a river flowing tonight of the Holy Spirit in this place. There's a river flowing in this place. Satan, you are defeated by the blood of Jesus. And you cannot deceive people tonight. You cannot hinder people tonight. As you're praying tonight, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will begin to speak in other tongues. You will begin to pray in the Spirit you begin to be baptized it'll come upon you and you will know he has come he's real tonight he's real the Bible says that that it'll take control of your inner being and what's inside will come out tonight there's something about your tongue which cannot be tamed the Bible says in James being edified through the baptism of the Holy Spirit all you gotta do is open your mouth all you gotta do is ask All you got to do is pray and he will come tonight. He will come tonight. He will fill you tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you're back there and you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you want to be refilled, you want to be. You want a fresh touch, just let Him touch you right where you're at. And say, Lord, give me more tonight. Give me a fresh touch of fire. Give me a fresh anointing tonight so that I can see fruit in my life like that man saw in that video. Lives changed. People raised from the dead. People set free from their addictions tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Enter in tonight. Enter in tonight. Enter in tonight. Just begin to lift your voice and pray. Just begin to lift your voice and worship God. Just begin to thank Him tonight for the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. There it is, Father. Fill her tonight, God. Fill her tonight, Jesus. Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Jesus. Fill her, Lord. Your word says they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled tonight, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your power. It's real tonight. This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh hallelujah just speak it out just speak it out just pray let him take control of your thoughts let him take control of your tongue tonight let him take control of your heart tonight let him take control of your emotions tonight hallelujah hallelujah Oh, there's always going to be a hindrance the devil does not want anybody to be filled the devil's gonna fight but Satan we tell you tonight that you are defeated by the blood of Jesus you have no power you have no authority you have no place here tonight devil you are defeated by the blood of Jesus you must remove yourself from this house you cannot lie you cannot deceive you cannot hinder Jesus you said that in your name Lord God, we would cast out demons. You said that in your name we would speak with other tongues. You said in your name we would lay our hands on the sick and they would recover tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, right now we praise you. We praise you. Come on, church. Come on, church. Just enter in tonight. Enter in tonight. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. The power of
1: God is here. The power of God is here.
0: So to tonight just come down just find a place if you want tonight and just ask for more just ask for more tonight just ask for more when everybody praying for themselves don't pray for anybody else just ask for more tonight just ask for more tonight come and ask for more he has more for us tonight he just like a cup that gets emptied out needs to be refilled again just come and get refilled tonight Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you tonight. Let the Holy Spirit fill you tonight. It is God's will to fill us tonight. From the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Oh, Holy Spirit, consume us tonight. Consume us tonight. Consume us tonight, tonight, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Yes, God. This is your wind. This is your fire, Father. We've prayed for this tonight. Lord, we've prayed for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us tonight. We've prayed, Lord, all week that our friends and our family members would know you tonight and be filled with your Spirit tonight. God, I want a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit tonight. I want a fresh touch. I want a fresh touch. Lord, I want a fresh anointing that breaks the yokes of bondage in our lives tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands tonight to the Lord. Just lift your hands up tonight to the Lord all over this place. Just reach up to him tonight, God. We're here. We're hungry. We need you tonight, Jesus. We're in love with you tonight, Jesus. Let us, let us fall more in love tonight, Jesus. Let us fall more in love with you tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Listen to the words. It says, they who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Hallelujah. They shall be filled tonight. Oh, Father, tonight it is your promise. It is your promise tonight for all of us tonight to be filled. It is your promise tonight for all of us to know the power of your spirit tonight, Jesus. Come on down tonight and visit us. Come and visit us tonight, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to just begin to lift your voice. I want you to just begin to pray. I want you to just begin to say what the Lord puts on your heart tonight. We're going to pray to finish tonight as a church. Whatever the Lord places in your spirit, just pray. Just pray right now. The Bible says they were all together in one accord, in one place, and they were praying they were praying they were seeking God's face they were crying out to God and then all of a sudden like a mighty rushing wind that spirit fell on that place and there was a cloven tongue for fire on every single one of them and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance father we need your power tonight Lord we don't need man's power tonight we need the power of the Holy Spirit tonight We need the fire of the Holy Spirit tonight. I'm telling you, church, if you'll press in just for a moment right now. He's here. He's here. He's here tonight. Just press in. Just press in tonight and you will feel the wind of the holy spirit his blowing tonight it is his desire it is his desire to touch his children tonight let him touch you tonight it's not a man it's not a church it's not a religion it's a relationship tonight it's god it's god it's his spirit it's real tonight come on lift your voice lift your voice just cry out to God. There's no wrong or right words to say tonight. You're just crying out to Him. You're just praying to Him. You're just seeking Him. Imagine them doing this for ten days. Ten days of just seeking God. Ten days of just seeking His presence. Ten days of just praying in the Spirit. Praying that God would change them. That we would leave this church different tonight than when we came in. Give give him your tongue tonight. Give him your thoughts tonight. Give him your actions tonight. Give him your words tonight. Lord, edify my life. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my perversion. Forgive me of my hatred. Forgive me of my anger tonight. Forgive me of all the things in my life tonight that are hindering you moving through my life in the way I know you want to move tonight, Jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus the bible says that men would lift up holy hands that's why we lift our hands it's a powerful thing to surrender to a living and a holy god Let me tell you something, God can do more in one second than man can do in a thousand years. He can do more in one second at an altar and listen, we don't go by emotions and we don't go by feelings. God can be doing something in you right now. You might say, how come I'm not crying? How come I'm not this? Don't worry about feelings, those are, feelings are fickle. But when God does something on the inside of us, something happens on the outside. Our actions change. Our thoughts change. That's what God's doing tonight. Jesus knew that if they didn't go wait for the promise, they were going to go in their own power. And what does the Bible tell us? It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That's what we need. That's why we come to the altar. We say, God, less of me and more of you, Father. Less of me and more of you tonight. So as we leave tonight we've got this in our spirit that